The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the available lines ahead of the college basketball tournament on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsibility responsible gaming resources you're listening to bgn radio with brandon lee gowton and jimmy kemsky yo what's going on everybody this is bgn radio episode number 116 the mock draft edition i'm jimmy kemsky from fullyvoice.com with me as always is brandon lee gowton of bleedinggreennation.com brandon one day till the draft, when these people, our listeners, will hear this. We are recording this on Tuesday. How are you doing leading up to the draft here? Jimmy, I'm glad the draft is finally here. The lead up is too long every year. I say this. I think we get to the point where we kind of overtalk every kind of possibility there is. Maybe even more so in a year where there's a... It's even, it's even worse this year because there's no pandemic. other sports. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm looking forward to the draft finally being here. So what me and Brandon, or excuse me, what Brandon and I are going to do in this episode is we both did our own individual Eagles only mock drafts, uh, but we actually used uh, the draftnetwork.com's uh, mock simulator. I think they do a good enough job. The, like the one that, that they used to be the go-to back in the day, what was that called? Was that on the clock? dot com uh fanspeak had yes, that one fanspeak, are, are you, on the clock and then there was that other one called like first pick or something <laughs> what would happen is you'd get these unrealistic draft halls that were just like amazing because they <laughs> had like weird ratings on some of them but i feel like the uh the draft network does a pretty good job of not letting you get away with that and i think like more often than not the draft hall that you come out with is realistic so i only ran one simulation just one so i didn't like want to i didn't want to like do it and then not be happy with it and do it again so I only ran one simulation. I'm guessing, did you do the same thing? I did two. Cheater. <laughs> Was did you do two because you didn't like your first one? Um, I just went, I did two because I wanted to see how it would turn out. I, okay. I felt good about the first one, but I just wanted to see like, okay, was this kind of like stars aligning here, or you know, I wanted to see how different it would be the second time. So you know what I find the differences when you do it that way versus you know just kind of picking names is you can't tell in advance. I mean, this this is going to seem very obvious, <laughs> but you can't tell in advance, like, okay, well, I'm going to get a corner in such and such round. I'm going to get yes. safety in such and such round. I'm going to get a defensive end in this round. Like, because, you know, the good players that you like may not be available. And that's kind of how the NFL draft goes. Mm-hmm. So I'm not really uh, saying anything new here. Let's just get right <laughs> to it. Do you want to go first with your first round pick? Uh, sure, Jimmy. Oh, I'm terrified that we have a lot of the same picks, by the way. I think a lot of people will not be surprised considering I made this pick in the SB Nation mock draft that we did in last week's podcast. Hey, it's Justin Jefferson. Who could have guessed that I would pick him? Uh, I will add here, and I guess I won't get into the whole thing just because we've already talked about him so much. The the quick version of it is that I think he's a pretty good bet to be a great player or a good player uh, to not be a bust, even if the fit isn't like the most ideal fit it could possibly be. In, in, like in the entire realm of like perfect possibilities, uh, which I think a lot of people are kind of harping on a little bit too much. Yeah. But uh, I just think there's so much about his profile that points to him being a good wide receiver. And I'm not convinced he'll make it to 21 because, uh, you know, I look at some of these, like I look at Peter King's mock draft, for example, and he has him going off the board at 20 to the Jags. And I think it's entirely possible that a team behind the Eagles at 21 can trade up ahead of the Eagles to get sure. him. So I think it will take a small move up, something like 219 or 18 or whatever there, a couple picks to get Jefferson. And uh, and But if he does fall to 21, I fully expect him to be the pick. 
I think the sweet spot for a move up, whether it be for a Jefferson, if any, I don't think Lamb has any chance of falling anywhere near them. But if like Ruggs, who, by the way, you mentioned Peter King had falling to 21, and the Eagles mm. scooping him up there, <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. But it's let's say he or uh, Judy falls somewhere near there. And by the way, um, we we're going to mention too that uh, Natalie Aganoff had reported that you know, some, I, I don't know if she reported it or was it the Derek Gunn follow-up report that uh, you know, some teams just have him off their board in the first round completely. Was that was that the Derek Gunn follow up, or was that her that said that? She said it first, then Derek Gunn confirmed that there are concerns about his knee. Yeah, that apparently have kind of been uh, unreported. Yeah, he had a surgery for a meniscus or something like that. Yeah, in two thousand eight. And the replies to her tweet are predictably horrible and shame on anyone that. Whatever. <laughs> but, yeah. If you if you replied if, if, with one of those and you're listening to this, maybe just turn this off. <laughs> right. So uh, anyway, it seems like a legit report. And uh, yeah, so like it, I guess maybe there's a chance that Jerry Judy falls. But I would say like mm. the sweet spot for, for the Eagles to trade up would be at 19 with the Raiders. The way that I kind of see that playing out would be the Raiders have two picks in the first round. So they pick it. 11 or 12? I think it's 12. 12. Their first Jets first round pick is at 12. Oh, you're right. You know, consensus thinking is that they're going to take a receiver there, whether it be Lamb or Ruggs or whoever. So they're not going to take two, you wouldn't think, in the first round. So they get to mm-hmm. 19. I had a conversation with uh, Tommy Lawler a day or two ago, and he's, like, convinced that they're going to take uh, A.J. Terrell, the cornerback from Clemson. And there seems to be a lot of buzz around that lately. And it makes the sense. The Raiders are going to take him? The Raiders saying? are going to take A.J. Terrell. So at 12 or 19 at, at, at 19 with their second first round pick at 19. And it makes sense because you look at what Mayock did last year. He drafted three players from Clemson last year. <laughs> so like, <laughs> and like including Cleveland Farrell at Cleveland, number four. Right, it was a major reach. So uh, his comments after the draft were, you know, he's he was at like the national championship game and he was like, these are like pro teams. So he just likes players from you know, these great college teams because they're seasoned and, you know, they played some big time games or whatever. And uh, A.J. Terrell does make a lot of sense in that regard. And he's a guy that like mm. had a bad, he had a bad game in the national championship game this past year, um, but otherwise had like a great season. So I think like once they got a little bit away from that national championship game, they've kind of come back around on him or whatever. But uh, he's a guy that if you can get him at 19 or if you're going to take him at 19, you probably just also get him at 21. So the, the trade-up cost probably isn't going to be that much. The team in, in between them would be the, the Jaguars at 20. They need basically everything. And there's actually a decent enough chance to take, that they'll take C.J. Henderson anyway with because they have two, two first-round first picks as well. They pick 9th and 20th. So mm-hmm. anyway, I think like the move up from 21 to 19 might not cost you an arm and a leg like it will to go up a little higher than that. So if they do need, do need to trade up in that spot, then I could see that. That was a little bit of a tangent there. <laughs> so who do you have them taking? Who do you have the Eagles taking? So I haven't taken Jefferson too. Let's just move on. <laughs> okay. Uh, but, okay, so before we move on, though, I want to say, because there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of talk about trading up. You know, obviously, uh, there was that rumor last week that came out from uh, 97.5, the Fanatics, Joe Torty, that the Eagles are aggressively pursuing a trade up for C.D. Lamb. But, I mean, I, I just can't see them making this huge trade up. I really can't, given, like, how they talked about how they need to pick in volume. I mean, I guess if you want to say like they know they're so bad at evaluating wide receivers that they, they kind of want to just move up and try to get like the closest thing they feel like that could be a star mm. as opposed to, to, to gambling otherwise. Okay. But like, I don't, I don't know. I, I just think they can't do it. I don't think they have the, the ammo to like reasonably be able to do it. Really tough to give away your second round pick. Because that's what it's going to take to get up there and possibly more. Like you can't keep talking about how you want to get younger. And then consolidate picks and not like, you know how you get younger yeah. is you make draft picks to get young players yes. and lots of them. You don't get younger by consolidating your picks. Like that's the problem anyway. So yeah, I had Jefferson too. Obviously the three guys, you know, Ruggs, Judy, Lamb, they were all gone. Nothing uh, super appealing otherwise. And to me, it was a pretty easy pick. Justin Jefferson. Okay. Second round, round Brandon. Who you got? That's going to be a shocker to you, Jimmy. Okay. And I, you'll probably think he's not going to be on the board at this point, but he was in the simulation. Rager? Clemson's. Oh. T. Oh. Higgins, baby. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's pretty funny. KJ Hamler uh, was also around, but yeah. I think, you know, if Higgins somehow makes it there, uh, I, I don't love the profile still in terms of like, you know, the athletic testing is poor. 
we've talked about the competitive stuff with not competing at the the combine and how we don't love that. At 53, sure. All day. Right. And I don't love like just pointing to his stats as the big play thing because like it's how he wins. And and it's not just about that, too. It's not just about making big plays. It's also about like striking fear into the defense like that might seem anecdotal. I mean, like that's a huge impact that Deshaun Jackson makes. Is like teams are afraid of him, so yes. teams have to play differently. I don't like. Do teams really have to play differently when they see T. Higgins out there? Like they're not worried about him burning them because he's not a burner. I mean, he can make big plays down the field, and obviously you see that in his numbers: eighteen point one yards per reception, twenty eight total touchdowns. So yeah, I mean, and and I just think looking at this too, like you can get two of the top receivers from like the national championship game last year and Justin Jefferson sure. and T Higgins, like that seems pretty good uh, not to go all Mayock on you here. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that's what I have. And I, I'm kind of, I don't love it in the sense of like, I, I feel like I entered this off season just talking about how much the Eagles need like a burner and speed. And they don't really get that here with these first two picks. But I think it like you have to look at the context of the situation and like, I'm not trying to just force a pick on a speed guy who I think could like who who might work out, but there's a probability he could be just not very good, like a Mims or a Rager or what have you. Uh, so that's why I went with Higgins here. Yeah, I wonder if uh, like you mentioned, KJ Hamler was available. Like if you take a Jefferson round one, and you know we've all kind of beaten to death already that he had his best year out of the slot. Well, Hamler's a slot guy too. I mean, they're very different players yeah. from the slot, but they both play out of the slot. So yep. I don't know if you really can. I don't know if you can double dip on two slot guys, even if they are wildly different. That was approach. my thinking too. Yeah, I was thinking about that. So my second round pick was Antoine Winfield Jr. Okay, loved his dad as a player. Yeah, he was. Uh, you know, we all remember Joe Webb from that Tuesday night football game. Ah, uh, yeah, <laughs> sadly. Uh, but his dad, Antoine Winfield Sr. Had a huge play in that game. He blitzed like from the slot, and uh, he sacked Michael Vick and caused a fumble. Yeah, I, I don't know if they ran it back for a touchdown or they just they ran it back, you know, far. But it was that was the biggest play in the game that game. And Vick got banged up there too, right? Like I believe he, he kinda, did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Winfield is uh, you know, the young Winfield playmaker. I think he had eight picks uh, this past season. Just totally wrecked. Penn State season <laughs> this year, Penn State was undefeated, and Winfield had a couple picks against them. And just a just a really good player, and at a position of obvious need for the Eagles. He's only five nine, which I think leads me to believe you know he could be sitting there at fifty three because teams are going to be turned off by that. The Eagles don't seem to care about that. They have a smaller safety in Rodney McLeod. Of course, they have smaller corners all over the place. So like they don't really care too much about size in the secondary. It doesn't appear that way anyway. So he's a guy that I think makes a lot of sense and, uh, you know, would, would really solidify the back end there. I like it. I think, uh, not I think, I know I have safety as like my third biggest need. I ranked the Eagles' biggest needs for posts on Bleeding Green Nation. We talked about this last yeah. week on the podcast, but I also did it in post form. And I think safety is just clearly like a big need for this team. Like they don't have anyone in the pipeline at all. They've neglected it for too long. I think that's that much is obvious. Let me head to the third round, Jimmy. Who do you got? I have... A very on-brand pick in that, you know, look, the Eagles didn't have their normal pre-jack visits this year, but they did have some. So I still can go to that well, even though my brand was significantly damaged. Some are saying the biggest negative impact of the coronavirus was me not being able to do the pre-jack visits. I'm not saying that. <laughs> right. That would be a terrible thing to say. I'm, like, I'm To be clear, that's not my stance. I'm just That's being said out there. Uh, I'm not encouraging it, but... I'm going with one of the players that Eagles brought in for a pre-draft visit. That is Logan Wilson, oh, linebacker. You got to oh, kidding is this, me. Is this what you had too? <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he's he's just very much like a, a Jim Schwartz guy, or kind of linebacker in that like he has a defensive back background. We know Schwartz loves that. You look at Kamu Gruje Hill, uh, Nate Gary. Who else am I missing? Uh, whoever. You look at his production, he's pretty productive at Wyoming. I mean, you're talking about over 400 tackles, 34.5 tackles for loss, 14 passes defense, 10 interceptions, 7 sacks, 5 forced fumbles, 3 defensive touchdowns. Like So this guy, yeah. super productive. He was a team captain for three years. 
I just think uh, he checks a lot of boxes. And to get him at the end of the third round at 103 here, like he was still on the board, you know, this is almost like an early fourth round pick. I think that's pretty good value. Yeah, he appeared in my original Eagles only mock draft 1.0 back in January. The numbers that you just mentioned all st- that, that stood out to me, and they kind of mirrored in a way the numbers that TJ Edwards put up at Wisconsin, and their size was similar. Logan Wilson, six, you know, right around 6'2", 250 or so. So, you know, he's a guy that is, uh, you know, was was productive in college, but obviously has a lot more athleticism than a guy like TJ Wilson. If he's going to go this early. I had him in my in, in the fifth round in, the, in that initial, you know, he was only 1.0 mock draft, but he's, you know, picked up steam of late and uh, looks like he can be uh, a three down linebacker in the NFL. Because as you mentioned, he's got that coverage ability, but he's also, uh, you know, not a guy that's going to be a kind of a pushover in, in against the run, you know, against the run. So we've kind of beaten to death again, the, the need at linebacker. And when you, when the best linebacker on your team right now is Nate Gary, Nate Gary's fine, but when he's your best, best linebacker, that's not great. So like they definitely do need help there and he, he fits right in. And I'm embarrassed that we have two guys already (laughs) and our first three picks that are the same. I don't think you're going to have the same guy as me with your first fourth round pick, but let's hear it. Oh, by the way, I should note too, like, we're on the same simulator here, too. So yes. the range of guys that are going to be available on each of these picks are going to be pretty similar on each simulation. Right. So it's going to make sense that we have some of them together. So don't make fun of it. Give us a little bit of a break. All right. Calm down. Is Nate Gary good? I think that's a, a, a debatable thing. Uh, he's okay. So I, I think he's okay. Right. I, one thing I would point out is I was reading this recently. Sports Info Solutions tracked Nate Gary with the third highest percentage of missed tackles last year, which <laughs> definitely is an issue when yeah, you watch him Yeah, he was not play. good against the run. And not only um, missing tackles, but, you know, you'd see him just get washed. You just kind of washed out of the play and uh, guys running right by him. So that's not great. Eagles were the third-ranked run defense in the NFL last year, at least in terms of yards per game. Of course, teams, you know, went in, you know, the game plans against the Eagles are aired out on them. So yeah, that's that's certainly part of it. The, you know, it's the one thing that I've heard a lot of, by the way, this offseason on just to I go was, off on a tangent. And I get was just going to bring this up. I was just going to bring this up. I know Sa- what it is. Saquon and Zeke. You got to get a linebacker in the first round because you got to stop Zeke and Saquon Barkley. Like, yeah. what are you talking about? Are, yeah. are, like, the, the conversation everywhere all the time is that running backs aren't valuable anymore. Right. <laughs> but you need to get someone to stop them? But beyond, first that, round pick? beyond that, I'm not picking players to to try to beat the trash teams and the and the garbage NFC <laughs> East. Like, I, I'm setting my sights a little higher than that. You, you pick players that, that make them, you know, make their picks around what you're doing. You know, don't yeah. don't pick players to stop the what four and twelve Giants. Who gives a shit what they're doing? <laughs> you know, come on. Anyway, yeah, that that has been said a lot. I, I, it's so funny because I was literally just about to bring that up. <laughs> I was about to stop down on the linebacker thing a little bit because obviously that's kind of been thrown around somewhat at uh, twenty one. And I don't think it's impossible, Jimmy. I don't. I don't think it's. It's not my preference, yeah. But I think there's a non-zero chance they actually do take a, fir- a, a linebacker uh, with their first-round pick. Three I don't things think... have to happen there, in my opinion. So okay. one is they can't trade up, or the, tr- yeah. the cost is too prohibitive to trade up for a receiver that they like. Number two mm-hmm. is that they have to be sitting there at twenty-one, and there just isn't a receiver there that they, you know, want. That's you know not a total reach. And then three, they have to you know, try to trade back and not find any legitimate offers. And mm-hmm. then at that point, if, if those three things happen and you're just sitting there and you got to take a player, that's when that can happen. And I think that's the only way that can possibly happen. I think Jim Schwartz fancies himself a linebacker or two. Like, I think that could be a thing. Uh, moving on to, why don't we take a break here before yeah, we get right, into right. day yeah. three of the 2020 NFL mock draft. Back after this. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Back here on BGN Radio, episode 116. 
our Eagles seven round mock draft edition here with you, Brandon Lee Gowton, Jim Kevsky, talking about our day three picks here, Jimmy. And I'm starting us off with an offensive lineman. And I don't think you have this guy. So let's see for the very first time. If you do, I am looking at in the fourth round, the Eagles taking Wisconsin center, Tyler B. Adish. I like that you pronounced that correctly. Yes, I, Phonetically. Uh, I looked it up. It, yes, uh, they had it up on the NFL, uh, NFL.com scouting report, right? Yes, they did. Zero and puts that in there sometimes. Yes, that is a good move by him. And Jimmy, do you know who... <laughs> Do you know who uh, this guy's top athletic comparison is? I do not. Oh, okay. It is uh, J.J. Dealman. And do you know why that's significant? <laughs> I do not. <laughs> it's because the Eagles were once interested in a J.J. Dealman, so I heard. Okay. Uh, from, from sources. Now, they never did end up picking him up. I don't even know who, who is J.J. Dealman. I know, I know I've heard the name. Who did he play Usually for? A, like a former Minnesota? Rams. Oh, Rams. He was with okay. the Rams previously, too. Uh, like a center. Type. I think I think Zerline uh, compared him to Wisniewski, right? He did. So, well, there and that's even more yeah. evidence there that this could be kind of a player the Eagles are interested in, kind of that mold of a player. They obviously need to do something to address their interior offensive line, specifically center. I think for as much as uh, Jason Kelsey confirmed that he's back, which is kind of funny. Does Jason Kelsey listen to BGN Radio? Because there was really no talk of him retiring or not until you brought it up last week, Jimmy. And then all of a sudden, like a day later or, or even later that day it was posted, uh, Jason Kelsey re- announces he's retiring from arm wrestling, but not football. And he'll play one more year. Yeah, I think uh, this could be Jason Kelsey's last season. There's no more guaranteed salary in his contract after this year. And he's already thought about retiring. So Eagles pick up a potential Jason Kelsey replacement. Or if they think uh, Bia Dish is better at guard and they want to move Samalo inside, I guess that's an option they have available to them. But uh, yeah, interior offensive line, first pick of round four. What do you got? Yeah, not the most uh, athletic guy, but he's smart and uh, he's strong. He puts guys on the ground. So And yeah, I think he only played center, I believe, at Wisconsin. But uh there's no reason to think he can't also play guard. So he's your guard center backup, at least at left guard and center, I would think. Maybe Pryor's your backup right guard in the short term. And then long term, he can either take over, like you said, at left guard or center. I actually considered maybe taking like a Cesar Ruiz Ooh. or a Matt Hennessy. Not not there because they're both gone, but like in the right. second round. But they were both gone when I took my Antoine Winfield pick. So I think they can go as high as that. As as you know, taking a Ruiz or a Hennessy in the second round, but I didn't have that option because they're they're both gone. But uh, I do think that's possible for the Eagles uh, on on Friday when when they're on, when they're on the clock in that second round. Anyway, uh, my fourth round, my first fourth round pick is one of my favorite players in this draft, hmm. and another diff- another like commonly mispronounced name too, Lynn Bowden, hmm. wide receiver. Kentucky. He's actually their quarterback this past year because, you know, they had some guys go down and he said, all right, I'll fill in a quarterback and I'll just run it all day. <laughs> and uh, he's like, he's awesome. Like, so he's, he can return kicks and punts. Doesn't look super comfortable doing that, but he did it. And he had two punt returns on two, I'm sorry, two punt return touchdowns on, uh, I think it was only like five returns, not this past season, but the year before. And he's a wide receiver. He's primarily going to be working out of the slot. So, you know, he doesn't really, you may be doubling up on slot receivers if I, if you take Justin Jefferson and then you take him later. But I don't really look at him that way. I look at him as more like a like a guy that you can just be creative with. So you can use him as a receiver. You can use him as a running back. You can use him on some gadget type things. He's probably going to be a returner for for you if you if if you take him. But I just love him as a player. Like there, he's kind of like legendary. Like in his bowl game this past year, there's a lot of like chirping back and forth like all week leading up to their bowl game. I think they played Virginia Tech. Before that game began, like, I guess he was running his laps or whatever, and Virginia Tech players were chirping at him, and he popped a defensive lineman right in the face. <laughs> like, he punched <laughs> him right in the face, and then during the game, uh, he ran for, like, 250 yards on him, and they won. So, like, he's, like, just a kind of a baller, and I think he's just a guy that you just put him on your team, you find a role for him, and in the fourth round, you're not investing heavily in, in a guy like that, but he's a guy that that kind of brings a 
a winning attitude and an edge uh, to the field and to the locker room. Uh, so something you've done here, Jimmy, reminded me this is say, I feel like the Eagles need to come away with two wide receivers basically mm-hmm. in their first uh, three picks. And, and yes. it doesn't have to be first and second, be first and third, but I feel like they, they kind of almost have to. And I'm not opposed to drafting three wide receivers, really. So, yeah. so that's one thing uh, I, I will add. But uh, okay, you I have me. two in my oh. first four picks, not my first three, but close okay. enough. Yeah. Uh, so you're I, I don't think. Go ahead. Sorry. I can't see how you could do anything less than that. Like you can't. But so at the very, very least, the Eagles have to draft two receivers. They have to. Like they, they just have to from this class. They like I don't see how you couldn't with eight picks. Yeah, and then to to but to me like. You know, getting one early and then getting another one in like the seventh, like that doesn't cut it for me. Like they gotta, they they have to invest some kind of I feel like significant uh, draft capital in that position. Okay, and you know I'll, I'll add too, like so you know there's a drop off from the top three receivers to you know whatever Justin Jefferson, and you, a lot of people think there's a drop off from Jefferson to you know the next tier. There's actually a pretty big drop off. I think that there's a there's a pretty big drop off between like you said like the, the day two guys. And the day four guys, like mm-hmm. here, like I get a Bowden, but he's not like a traditional receiver. Like, like, mm-hmm. a, like you know, he's kind of a, a, a do a lot of different things guy. But I, I do think that once you get into round four, you're not going to find, I mean, you're, you're, I think your, your hit rate, I mean, this is true of any draft, so I'm not really saying anything, uh, anything groundbreaking here, but your hit rate's going to fall off pretty significantly, at least in terms of like a guy that can start for you. So I think if you do want to find at least two receivers that can contribute pretty quickly for you, you're, you're going to have to do it, like you said, in, the, in those first two days of the draft. Yeah, you need answers. Super awesome analysis there. <laughs> well, I mean, but that, like, I think some mocks I've seen out there are some kind of uh, whatever simulations kind of like have the Eagles getting wide receivers, but they're not necessarily like answers. Like you, you need answers at that spot. Like you yeah. can't just get guys who are like kind of intriguing. You know what I mean? And they might work out like, no, you need like someone who's like, oh, this guy is an answer to the, to, like this is a guy is a solution. Like not just guys who like he could work out. Maybe like you can't just get that. So that's kind of where I'm at with that. Moving to next pick. Uh, I am taking a safety. So okay. I waited a little bit here till day three to take one, even though I feel like it's a big need. But I got my safety already, so we won't we won't have the same pick here, which is nice. That's true, um, and and that's one thing I've kind of just a bigger picture thing here, as I always want to do. Uh, it's kind of tough, like when you're going through this activity, because there's so many positions like you feel like they need to address, right? Like it's like some of these simulations I'm going through. Like, uh, Amik Robertson was there in the third, and I really wanted to take him. But then right. I'm like, oh, but like, am I really not going to take a linebacker till you know, later on? Like, they linebacker is pretty dire right now. Like, I think corner isn't necessarily amazing, and there's a need there, but I think they can kind of get by a little bit potentially more than they could with they can at linebacker right now. So, uh, that's one thing I kind of found going through this that like, it's not going to be a draft where I feel like they come out of this and you're feeling like, well, they addressed everything. Cause that's going to be really hard to do. And you know, that's a, that's a, a lofty expectation. So I'm not saying it's like a failure. If yeah. Why don't, don't we, why don't when we're done, we'll, we'll talk about what we didn't draft. Right. And, and why. So, so getting to my pick fourth round here, Kenny Robinson, the XFL safety who was formerly from West Virginia. So I already know he's on the Eagles radar cause they love their West Virginia guys, or that at least they did when Joe Douglas is here, he's gone. Um, maybe that changes, but they, they have loved their West Virginia connection. Shelton Gibson, uh, Russell Douglas, uh, Wendell Smallwood, uh, you name it. Definitely on their radar. He had uh, 123 total tackles, four tackles for loss, seven interceptions before uh, his time at West Virginia came to an end. And he kind of went a, an interesting route and went to the XFL to kind of get uh, to, to stay playing football and kind of, I guess, get some some kind of professional, quote-unquote, experience under his belt. So I think it's kind of an interesting profile there of a guy who's kind of played with some older guys and has some experience, and uh, I think he could be worth developing. Their West Virginia hit rate has not been good. It has not. Wendell like Smallwood, Rizul Douglas they're trying to trade now, Shelton Gibson, and then uh, a guy they were proud of themselves for getting in the uh, undrafted free agent market, Tyler Orlovsky, the center. Oh, that's right. was terrible. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so whoever that area scout was, a uh, little slap on the wrist for that guy. I do not know anything about the guy that you picked, by the way. So that's one mm. guy that I uh, probably have to do a little more 
homework on. So I have nothing to add on him. Not that it's a okay. bad pick, but I just don't know anything about him. My second round, I'm sorry, my second fourth round pick, this is a compensatory pick, by the way, is North Carolina, we'll call him defensive lineman, Jason Strobridge. Hmm. Reminds me a little bit of uh, Michael Bennett in that he's either an undersized defensive tackle or he's a slightly oversized defensive end, depending on how you want to look at it. But he's a versatile guy, plays inside, outside. You know, he's going to be more athletic than your typical defensive tackle and maybe a little less athletic than your typical defensive end. But he does give you some versatility there. So I think, you know, the Eagles need help at both of those spots. So a guy that can that has a little bit of inside-outside versatility is maybe a guy that can uh, give you some depth at both spots. You know, another guy that I really like is Marlon Davidson from uh, Auburn. That's a guy that, you know, maybe will be there. In round two, I don't think so. But if he's there, then I think that's the guy that they get have interest in. Uh, but here you get a guy that's similar uh, in Strobridge who can who can do uh, a, a little bit of everything everything along the defensive line there. What was that guy's name who played in the NFL and he was like a defensive tackle slash defensive end hybrid? And I think he was on Swartz's Lions for a bit. Uh, Jason Jones, oh, I think. Uh, yeah, that sounds familiar. And yeah, uh, Van, did Van de Bosch play a little bit inside too? I can't remember. Yeah, he was only with uh, the Lions for Schwartz's final season in Detroit. Okay. He was with the Titans before that um, when Schwartz was uh, defensive coordinator there. So, yeah, he kind of liked that guy, like an inside-out kind of guy. So, yeah, I can kind of see that. And that, Jimmy, is why I also have Jason Strobridge as my next pick. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) Uh, Which And these two picks are are back-to-back. It should be noted in the the draft here. This is uh, pick, what, number 145 and 146. So I have have Strobridge at 146. (laughs) That's awesome. What do you have at 146? Uh, This is a very easy pick for me. It's A.J. Dillon. I I don't think he's going to be there, personally. But uh, he's a big back, so he's your... You know, inside runner complement to the more explosive Miles Sanders, 250 pounds right around there. So he's a guy that like just when you watch him run, it actually reminds me a little bit of uh, LeGarrette Blunt, And, you know, the, the size is obvious, but Blunt was kind of like a, like a little bit of a nimble runner. And uh, Dylan has a little bit, a little bit of that in his game, too. So, you know, he can be a tough inside runner, but he does have a little bit of you know nimble feet to him. But to me, that's just an easy pick. Like, it's a, it's not a huge resource. He's a guy that can contribute immediately. Get him for four years or, or whatever it's going to be. And and he's your, you know, he's your power complement to, to Miles Sanders. Yeah, I do think there was a finesse, like, even if that word is appropriate, to uh, to Blunt's game. Even though like, he's a big guy and you don't, like, think about that necessarily. Yeah. Like, that doesn't fit. But, like, he, he does kind of have that. Uh, and, yeah, so I, I like that. I think running back's kind of a kind of an underrated need. Well, they only have three. They only have three on the roster, so they need yeah. bodies. I mean, they, yeah, just, Sanders. They, they, they have uh, Sanders. They have uh, Holyfield Boston and, and Boston Scott, and that's it. Like last yeah. year during training camp, they had like eight guys, so they they have to fill them. That's one hundred percent going to be you know an area where, where they look to fill with undrafted free agents. So when oh, the yeah. draft is over, they're going to add at least two. No matter what they do in the draft, I would think they're going to add at least two undrafted guys. And they should. I mean, Corey Clement worked out. I mean, obviously not now, but like he did for a little bit. He gave them good production, obviously yeah. right away. Wasn't a big Josh Adams fan, but uh, but you know for what he, for what you got him for, he was yeah he was productive enough. Yeah, it was gr- it was great for what you got him sure. for. I mean, yeah, no nothing. Undrafted <laughs> free agent, you get anything out of him, and then uh, obviously Boston Scott too. So yeah, why not? Like, and I think that probably speaks to Deuce Staley to some extent. Probably mm-hmm. him being a good coach and kind of getting those players up to speed in addition to the personnel kind of identifying the right players in addition to running back being a fungible position that you don't need to invest all your resources Man, into. And you love that word. Uh, I do. <laughs> Moving on. Fifth round. Fifth round. Uh, what do we got? Pick number 168 here. I'm going with Dane Jackson. Okay. Pittsburgh. Uh, Avante Maddox's old school. Mm-hmm. Four interceptions. Redshirt senior. Four forced fumbles too, right? Uh, I believe so. Jim Schwartz is definitely going to like his kind of player. He's a finger wagger. He is the finger wagger. He has that kind of swag. He has that personality. I feel like corner is a position where they can kind of take someone and hope to develop them because I don't think they necessarily need someone right away. I don't. I don't think there's. I don't think they necessarily need someone to start right away. Like again, you can talk yourself into Avante Maddox. Or Sidney Jones getting last, one last chance or whatever. Like I don't think you're drafting a guy who's really going to come in and be an instant solution anyway. 
Um, I think whoever they're taking is kind of going to learn for a little bit. So why not take a guy like Dane Jackson who can kind of come in and in theory be a developmental guy to add to this secondary? You know what Fran Duffy's comp for Dane Jackson is? I don't. Jalen Mills. Boom. Jalen Mills is a good draft pick, by the way. Uh, SB Nation did an exercise. Great draft pick. Seventh round for all the heat that he gets. Uh, the like the top draft picks by round of the past mm-hmm. decade. Okay. And Mills was honorable mention in there. Yeah. Good for Jalen. Yeah. My fifth round pick is a guy that I only recently knew existed. Uh, wide receiver, Oregon State, Isaiah Hodgins. Have you mm. watched him? Do you know who he is? Have you watched him at all? Yeah, definitely. His highlight reel is very fun. He makes like these ridiculous circus catches. Now he's not like really what a lot of you know Eagles fans are pining for in this draft, which is a speed guy. He's I think he ran a four six one, so he doesn't have that. <laughs> but you know we're talking fifth round here, so uh, he's a guy that um, you know isn't going to take the top off the defense. But if he gets his hands on the football, he's going to catch it. Like he doesn't drop anything. And uh, if you see the spectacular catches that he is capable of, I would, you know, if you, if you don't, if you haven't, if you've never heard of him, you know, YouTube it up, Isaiah Hodgins. And uh, before you criticize this pick, which I know some of you will, because you're jerks. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but yeah, but seriously, look him up and, and just, just watch his highlight reels. Very, very fun watch, this guy. Are you ready for my final pick? I'm ready. I can't wait. I'm going to go Leon Richmond from Beloit <laughs> College. <laughs> From where? Beloit. Okay. Put on the Beloit okay. tape? Yeah, so he's really good. Um, the size, huge okay. guy. Yeah. Um, the athleticism, not super great, but, you know, uh, you just kind of love the size. You, you'll just take a risk at the end of the draft there, and uh, I think it's, it's worth a try. What, what, is, what does he play? What do you mean? How do you not know Leon Richard? <laughs> is it because he's not a real name? And I just is it really? Is he not real? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's awesome. I I passed that test. Boom. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so tempted to put this in. And by the way, if you're listening still at this point, which thank you. Um, uh, So Jimmy and I are both going to put these mock drafts in written form, I believe, on our own respective websites at Philly Voice for Jimmy and Bleeding Green Nation for me. I'm so tempted to like put in a fake name there at the end (laughs) just to see like if anyone notices, if anyone pays attention. Uh, Obviously, if they're also listening to the podcast, they will know, but not everyone will listen to the podcast. Uh, who reads the article? So we'll see. We'll you see should have known goes. that uh, I was I wasn't gonna you know, pretend know who he was when I said I didn't know who the West Virginia mm-hmm. guy was. Yeah, that is <laughs> that is true. That's fantastic. That that's fun. Yeah, put him in there. Do it. <laughs> I should. Uh, my real last pick, yeah, is is much less exciting because it's Justin Heron from Wake Forest. Okay, uh, offensive tackle there. You know this. I am like honestly. I'll just be honest with you. I don't know anything about this guy. <laughs> he was the best available player on the draft network at this point. Yeah. It's more about the position that I was going for. Just like they, they got to get an offensive tackle at some point in this draft uh, or, or probably, right? I mean, like, or they, they have to do something at offensive tackle. They don't really have I – mean, who's their backup behind Big uh, – behind uh, I'm saying Big B – behind Andre Dillard and Lane Johnson right now. Is it Jordan Mailata? Like, okay, that is not a real plan to me. Right. I, I, I would be great if my lot of like steps up and like becomes that guy. It'd be awesome. But like you're not just counting on that happening. Maybe you can go combo of my lot of on the left side and Matt Pryor on the right. Yeah. But after my you know film look at Matt Pryor, I'm not so sold on him as as a, as a tackle at all. Uh, but I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. They, that, they, that's they do, not a they, real plan. They do need either. tackle help. Yeah. That's not like. Uh, I mean, that could end up what it is, but, like, you have to do more to at least try to, like, you know, get something else to happen there. I mean, I'm just going to say Adrian Waddle is still out there in the free agent market, so you can sign him whenever you want, Eagles. You know where, you know where the Eagles are right now, by the way, in their tackle position? Where mm-hmm. every, where, you know where they are in their tackle position right now? Where every other team in the NFL usually is. Oh, <laughs> nobody, yeah. has a, nobody has a good tackle backup. Sure. There's a few teams here and there, maybe. But, yeah, but they don't even have like a real plan. Like my lot yeah, is not yeah, even yeah. like a, a real I mean, plan. There are a lot of teams that don't even have two starters. I agree. <laughs> so yeah, uh, it's a position where I think uh, you know people who've followed the Eagles for years and years have be, kind of become a little bit spoiled in that it's never really. I mean, the one year that it was a huge problem was when Jason Peters got hurt, mm-hmm. and uh, they went four and twelve, and Andy Reid got fired. 
So, mm-hmm. so Demetrius uh, Bell, baby. Yes, yeah, the Demetrius Bell year, and then the other year where it kind of fell apart was when just when Winston Justice had to play and he wasn't ready, and we saw how that turned out. So, yeah, we could be maybe heading for some troubles. We'll see. At mm. left tackle specifically, but mm. uh, ominous. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. <laughs> um, they they do need that. Da- they do need tackle help. Even if even if Dillard uh, turns out to be a, a good player. They do need a, a backup, I think, because I agree that Jordan Mailata isn't a isn't a legitimate plan right now. Can I also just add that the Eagles are showing a lot of interest in like pre-draft interest in my tracker I'm noticing here and okay. offensive tackles. And not just like day three guys either. Like I've seen them show some interest in like some like some day one. Yeah. I'm not okay. gonna say they're going that direction, but like they've shown like interest in le- legitimate tackle prospects. Do you know do you have any names on that? They, like Josh Jones, they spoke with him at Yeah, one he'd point. be like a day two guy from Houston. Yeah. I think they've also uh, uh, Sadiq Charles. They brought in. You now that's okay. not that, that's like more of a day three guy, but uh, or, or potentially late day two, mm-hmm. that third round pick. Uh, the Eagles brought him in for a pre draft visit. LSU uh, John Runyon Jr. is more of an undrafted free agent. They they've shown a lot of uh, across. The, I'm looking through the list here, that's why I'm stalling. But um, uh, Ezra Cleveland, who is getting mm-hmm. like some yeah, first, first round, buzz. First round yeah. buzz, day two guy. They spoke with him at the combine. Uh, like one of their, I think, 45 official combine interviews. Okay. Uh, so not like, I mean, they're not going crazy all out with it, but like there are some names in there. They're definitely like looking at that spot. Yeah. As they should. Yep. I think they, need, your... some Dillard, they need some Dillard bust insurance too. Yep. <laughs> so I, I've, I have a tackle. <laughs> I have okay. uh, Alex Taylor, the uh, South Carolina State. I have a tackle. <laughs> was, this is that big dude, right? <laughs> yeah. He's, uh, he's either 6'8 or 6'9. And he's got these long 36-inch arms. And he's athletic. Like, he was, you know, 90-something percentile in the 40-yard dash. Not that that's super important. But uh, he's, he's he was, like, 90-something percentile in the broad jump. So he's got some explosiveness. He's a project. And I don't know if he's a legitimate swing tackle immediately. So I don't know if, you know, that pick really helps you in 2020. You're probably going to have to bring him along. But... Uh, this late in the draft, it's going to be hard finding a guy that's going to contribute immediately anyway at that position. So, yep. uh, you know, that's maybe something that I neglected a little bit in the, in the uh, first five rounds. But I do think that he would be a great pick at uh, in the sixth round because of the upside that he does have. You want to take one more break, Jimmy, and then we'll take get Take a quick into... break, and then we'll come back at what we didn't draft and whatever else. Yeah. Back after back this. Back after this. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Back here on BGN Radio, episode 116, for our final segment. Brendan Lee Gowden, Jimmy Kemsky here with you, going through the aftermath of our own mock drafts. Jimmy. Why don't you give a full recap of uh, of your draft? Yeah. List them all and then, and then say what you didn't do. Okay. So, full recap here. Justin Jefferson in the first round. T. Higgins in the second round. Logan Wilson, uh, linebacker, Wisconsin center. Tyler Biadish, safety, Kenny Robinson. Defensive lineman, defensive end slash defensive tackle, wherever you want to put him. Jason Sto- Strobridge, Dane Jackson, cornerback, and then Justin Heron, offensive tackle slash guard. Yeah, you hit. You cu- kind of covered it all. That was kind of my goal. My Look first simulation. Not yeah, bad. My first, the first one. Thank you, Jimmy. The first one I did did not have a defensive lineman, and I just was like, that doesn't feel right. Like, <laughs> right. I can't do that. That's, like not, how an, that's always... not an Eagles draft. Exactly. So <laughs> I, I, I felt wrong about it. I had three wide receivers. I guess that was kind of basically the pick. Ultimately, I swapped out. So I was like, mm, three, uh, no defensive lineman. Didn't feel right. So, yeah, I tried to I tried to get it to everything. They, that was one of my goals. Um, I don't know uh, how wise that is because really, I mean, some you know, uh, like some of these picks just aren't going to hit anyway. Um, but I, I just felt like they have some areas that they just need to address. Like they have to address them. They can't. Like, I don't. What else are you going to do? Uh, at this point in, in like free agency and everything in this point in the off season, like you have to get these positions addressed in some manner. And not, that's not to say like, you know, you know, adding 
Justin Heron is going to fix the swing tackle thing. But it's, you're at least like giving it a try. Yes. <laughs> so what what don't you have, Jimmy? So I'll just go through again. Round one, Justin Jefferson. Round two, Antoine Winfield safety. Uh, round three, linebacker um, Logan Wilson. Round four, uh, another receiver slash running back slash returner slash gadget guy, uh, Lynn Bowden. Uh, second pick in round four, just like you, Jason Strobridge. Uh, third pick in round four, uh, running back A.J. Dillon from Boston College. Uh, round five, uh, Oregon State wide receiver Isaiah Hodgins. Again, watches highlight reel. It's fun. And round six, South Carolina State offensive tackle Alex Taylor. So my biggest glaring omission, and it's a big one, is cornerback. Mm. <laughs> I don't think that's crazy, though. Yeah, I don't, I don't I really either. Don't. Like, no, I don't think you're going to draft a guy who's going to start. Yeah. Like, unless, if you took one in round one or two, then yeah, probably. But hopefully, yeah, hopefully. But it, yeah, I mean, be better, really. But if you don't get, and I think like taking a corner in round two is uh, a a pretty strong possibility because there's a decent little cluster of corners that are going to be available at pick number fifty three. I think. Yes. So I do think that's possible. I just didn't go in that direction when I made that pick. And then once the draft kind of got rolling, there wasn't anybody that I liked. Like once you got into day three, uh, mm-hmm. or at least uh, maybe maybe that I, maybe not necessarily that I didn't like, but um, there were other players that I liked more, and I was going to pass on them for a corner that wasn't you know, quite as appealing. So yeah, draft kind of came and went. I was like, oh, I didn't draft a corner. Oops. I think that's kind of <laughs> how this could go, though. Like, I think oh, there, sure. there there's going to be some position that gets left out. Yeah, it's it's pretty. Like, I think that's why my mock. Like, I don't. It was tough to get to that point. You know, like my first one did not go that way, and I kind of made a, a, a concerted effort the second time around. Quarterback Jimmy is one I just do not want to see addressed. We both did not do that, and I yeah, I I just like just don't to me just don't like I I mean maybe if you're talking about. That final pick and the value is just too good, like whatever. But like, do not force the pick on the quarterback. Just mm. don't. Like, I, I honestly would rather just have Joe Flacco potentially if he's healthy enough or whatever, backing up Carson Wentz, and then give Nate Sudfeld and uh, Kyle Laletta, who I am irrationally high on. I think he had a nice little preseason with the Giants last year. Kind of like his profile a little bit. Like, battle it out for the third string job. Like, I, I just think that's that's fine. You don't need. To spend another draft pick, and yes, is it is this Clayton Thorson PTSD? Yes, it is absolutely. <laughs> I, I don't trust them uh, to to really you know go in the right direction with that. So I just quarterback doesn't interest me. I think the idea behind it is you find a guy that can be a backup for four years, mm-hmm. and not not a backup year one. So I think that the backup year one is is Sudfeld, but then you know Sudfeld if if you're the guy that you draft becomes. You know, good enough to be the the number two. You feel comfortable enough with him as the number two. Sudfeld moves on, and then you have a very, very cheap backup for three years thereafter. So I think that's the appeal behind, it, and I get it. But I'm with you. Like, <laughs> like there, <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't force like a uh, Stephen Montez or Nate Stanley or uh, James Morgan or you know those guys, th- that type of guy in the third round when I think there are some good players that you can find otherwise who can help you in other ways pretty quickly. Especially when there's a surplus of quarterbacks on the market. Like Cam Newton's still out there. Yeah. Joe Flacco's out there. But they're going to cost money though. Like even Flacco, I think he's going to cost you something to bring him in. And, uh, and also like, I guess maybe, um, I probably, I I, I guess you're not high on, I guess you're not liking the idea of Sud as your two. I I like Nate Sudfeld more than I feel like others do, but I mean they signed him to a two like you pointed out he got a like a pay cut basically. Yeah. So I don't mm-hmm. think he's like locked in as the number two. I kind of do for now. Mm, interesting. Yeah, I kind of do for now. I mean they, they didn't sign anybody, so I think yeah. like if training camp comes and he falters, yeah. and you know there, there's still some guys available, then yeah, they're not going to take a chance and they'll just sign a guy. They, did you realize right. like if you look at over the cap right now? And this will change next year because they're way over the cap or projected to be in 2021. They have the third yeah. most cap space in the NFL right now. Yep. Did you know that? Yeah. They're like $27 million or something like that. And they're going to want to roll a lot of that over uh, yep. into next year. But they do have some wiggle room to bring a guy in if a guy, like I said, like if, if Sudfeld falters. Assuming, yeah. you know, a Flacco or whoever doesn't get picked up 
in you know after the draft. By the way, I got to ask this. I did a chat today. Again, we're recording this on Tuesday, but one of the que- I, one of the questions was pretty good. They asked me like, "What free agents do you think the Eagles should go after once the draft is over?" And mm-hmm. they typically sign like two or three guys after the draft is over. Yep. So it'll be they kinda- sign. Timmy Jernigan on like the day of the on the day first of the yeah. draft last but year, but they, they signed they didn't they didn't draft any running backs one year and they signed Sproles like immediately. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like I think it was like actually on the last. I think it was like on that Saturday. It was in time for Howie's presser. Yeah. He was like, "This is like an extra draft pick. We got Darren Sproles." <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they, they've done that before. They signed uh, uh, Garrett Blunt was after uh, the draft, wasn't he? Yep. So it was Zach Brown last year and yeah. Wisniewski. So they're going to sign somebody after the draft. Maybe possibly multiple people. So I thought that was a good question. It's probably unanswerable right now because you got to see what they do and don't do in the draft. La Adrian uh, Waddle. <laughs> Let's do it. That's your guy, huh? Yeah. All right. Well, uh, you got any uh, closing thoughts here? Should be fun, Jimmy. Should be a fun time. Obviously, in the the world we live in right now, it'll be nice to have a big sports event, even though it's not like sports are being played. And even though, uh, well... I guess it could be really fun to see Dave Gettleman uh, accidentally uh, do whatever. Like you, I think you said, like he's going to auto draft a player by yeah. accident. <laughs> yeah, they're going to give him like the the first guy alphabetically. The first like <laughs> yeah, like uh, somebody 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 replied like I forget the guy's name. AC maybe is his name. They're going to auto draft mm-hmm. him by accident. Well, is there yeah. is there anything different? Like, is there anything that uh, you did on draft day? That you can't do anymore? Not really. You you didn't go to the uh to the draft, did you? Like when at, at the Eagles Auditorium, or did you? No, it's just there. Like honestly, for what I'm doing, it's just not like I can't. I, I don't. I don't think I can do it. Like I am. I am glued to my computer. I like. There's no sleep. Uh, it's just the, the draft is a pretty intense grind. Over well, here. that's that's how I am. But day one, when they're only making one pick. And there's a pretty good chance we've already, you know, you've already written a lot about that guy. And yeah. there's just a lot of copy paste as, you know, as soon as they make the pick. Like that was the only day that I, that I would go. But the way the setup that just to explain to the listeners, like this, the setup there was awesome. Like you're in the Eagles auditorium and they have like this huge screen and they have NFL Network on. And uh, you're just watching and basically what's essentially, it's essentially a movie theater, really. And you're watching the draft there. It's just a lot of fun. And then, you know, after they make the pick, then how he comes down and talks and whatever. So that I will miss from the draft. And then I would skip everything thereafter. Because <laughs> like you, mm-hmm. you know, I can get a lot more done at home, especially when the picks are flying in fast and furious. Last year, that wasn't the case. They only made five. Two years ago, that wasn't the case. They only made five picks. Hopefully, they make one of the five picks this year. I think they will. I have, I have, <laughs> even, I, just, I have... even just for entertainment purposes, please make more than five picks. Yeah. Yeah, come on. Throw us a bone. Do it, Eagles. Um, yeah, so for Bleeding Green Nation's coverage, we'll have obviously a bunch of stuff on the website. Uh, Seamus, Clancy, and Michael Kist will be doing some kind of Instagram live thing. So follow Bleeding Green Nation on Instagram. That's at Bleeding Green Insta. You can check out uh, the live element for when the Eagles are about to pick and then make their pick on Thursday night. And uh, it'll be fun. We'll, we're figuring out our... Uh, post-draft coverage as far as Jimmy, you and I will be back talking about all what the Eagles do. Um, but it'll be fun. It'll, it'll be some real sports stuff to talk about and hopefully the Eagles don't screw it up. Uh, we know they're going to in some way. We know that we know that, well, I don't know if they're going to screw it up, but we know that everybody won't be happy no matter what happens. Cause at least we can look, look but forward that, to but, that. But that's what makes the, that's what makes the draft fun. Yeah, that's true. All right, Jimmy. All right. Goodbye everybody. P G N.